0: Camarda Wealth Leaders' levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but want you to have fun, too, and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share best financial practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you will want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right and because you come to believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision. But when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients' interests first, and that's a promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, Call us now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Do it now while it's on your mind, folks.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right, folks, you are back with your Camarda Wealth Leaders uh, here on Wealth Education Radio on Tampa WWBA streaming across the Floridian Peninsula from Gulf to Scleaming Atlantic and uh, Jacksonville's WOKB. So before the break, Kent, we were talking about uh, probate costs. And the sort of things that might be exposed to probate. Now, living trust will avoid probate um, and $30,000 estimated for the first million, that kind of thing. But let's talk about some of the things that otherwise would be subject to probate. So things that pass by will, right? And that would include a trust, a testament of trust in a will. And it will basically say that at my death, the trust to be created does this, this, and this, and this, uh, which we're not great fans of. What else? The other things that, you know, or did like bank accounts in a will, will those also be subject to probate?
2: Yeah. Probate will subject with – there are some exempt assets, but generally anything owned in your own name except for, you know, your home, some vehicles – uh, light, um, well, your home would be if you're not married, right? Well, there are the homestead protections, so if you leave your house to a spouse, well, how or would you know that though? If, it,
0: if my home is just in my name, right? And how would I leave it to somebody else? That's well, not on a deed, is you, it?
2: Your, your will, it? it could be on a deed, but generally so it will be in so, your so will. So it's
0: in the will, but the home is subject. Is, is, is it avoids probate? It Doesn't can, a probate judge determine you know who gets the house
2: by reading the will? That is true, but depending on who the home passes to under the will, it can be. An exempt asset. All right.
0: So if I leave it to my my wife, but
2: she's not on the deed, that
0: would still be that. that would not be subject to probate fees.
2: That that's right. It would be. You would do a petition in there. You'd handle the it. Same uh, thing with a child. That's right. If you well, if you have a minor child, the probate gets a little more difficult. Right. So
0: it's a, it's a, it's dicey as to whether your right. home would avoid probate, and then other things that would avoid probate. Anything that basically you pass bank accounts that doesn't um, have another person's name on there, where it automatically tra- the title transfers. Right. And they call it by contract or
2: operation. That's That's operational right. law. Right, operational law. So generally speaking, anything you own in your own name when you pass away has to be in your probate estate. That's just general rule, broad strokes, mm-hmm. and that way the judge determines you know, how those assets get passed because the deceased person isn't there. So basically, I describe
0: it like will is basically a letter to the judge, the probate judge, describing who you want to get your stuff and how when you're dead. Mm -hmm. So things that will avoid probate besides a living trust to which we'll return in a moment are um, like life insurance beneficiary designations, or uh, IRA beneficiary designations, annuity beneficiary designations. So those pass by, I think they call it by contract. That's right. Now, so if Sonya is the the beneficiary of a half-million-dollar annuity, um, then when when Daddy Warbucks dies, Sonya gets the whole half-million dollars completely out of Daddy Warbucks, uh, um, the probate estate.
2: That's correct. She's, she's,
0: she's, go ahead. You can leap and, and ble- you can bleep for joy now, <laughs> Sonia. I was doing
3: a little happy dance. You need to
0: come close to the microphone. Don't be afraid, Sonia. She's not going to bite you. I am afraid. Very we, afraid. We can't hear you. It's the, okay. um, the. <laughs> <laughs> she said she's okay, folks. But she said she's okay. Sonia's not really here right now. We have a <laughs> No blow- pun intended. We have a blow-up doll on a cassette recorder that occasionally bleats. <laughs> We like what she has to say, usually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but not today. <laughs> All right, so, uh, um, the, Kent, so let's get back to living trust, because that's really the discussion is. So a living trust basically allows you to put a lot of your stuff that would otherwise be subject to probate into a vehicle that avoids probate, right? So we could save a
2: lot of money. That's right, yeah, and by not having the administration be subject to... The so what are some of versions. the other
0: advantages of using a living trust?
2: Well, generally... The living trust also helps to avoid guardianship types of issues if you become incapacitated later in life because you rather... And that's really a big
0: one, isn't that's, it? So if Sonia yeah. you know, has another cognitive failure like she's having today, but this time it sticks <laughs> 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 and, um, and is not able to govern her own affairs, um, the trust would allow a smooth transition to a contingent trustee, her husband or child or brother or if you're trusted, you know, right. whatever... Um, and uh, who could go and continue making her decisions, writing checks, and, and running her financial affairs? Right.
2: That's right. Without again, without the supervision of the court, which, well, then it, which is the disaster. Because if
0: you don't exactly. have that, so she's got a million dollars just in her name, and or you know, that their husband's deceased, or they both have cognitive issues, right. whatever. But you know, she's the last one. Then she'd be subject to guardianship, which is a horribly demeaning, expensive, and inefficient process where the court needs to find out um, what should be done with poor Sonia's money. Sonia's got to be dragged drooling into court, um, and her incompetence must be proved in her presence, if I understand correctly, uh, which is horrible and expensive. You've got to pay the lawyers, you got to go back to the judge every six months or a year, and it's just, it's just terrible. And you may not get what you want. The guardian is, is, doesn't know what you want, and uh, um, I forgot what the standard is. I did a paper on this a couple of months ago. Ah, uh, but there's a lot of uh, potential conflict between what happens, the guardian does, and
2: what Sonia's wishes may have been. That's right, and and bigger picture here too, whether it be an estate or guardianship, this can also by your designation, it can, you know, help to prevent uh, competition among children or other family members. From oh, that's a over great point.
0: A will contest because mm-hmm. the unlike a will or the testamentary trust, which is public record information. Uh, a living trust is not. That's kind of sealed. Nobody can stick their nose in it and complain about it. Is that true?
2: It's not a document that is initially at the date of death recorded and put on the public record. There's still obviously just like a will can be contested the validity of its execution and things like that. But it's not a document that's required to be. But it's a lot more difficult
0: court. to get the information. You actually, you know, to find out what the trust contents are, you probably need a court order. As
2: opposed to a will, which is that for the probated you know documents are wide open, aren't they? Well, for, from, yes, for the general public standpoint, right. beneficiaries of a trust are required under Florida law to receive information yeah, about but my, the my trust. Yeah, my point
0: is that. that say that you know Sony has an estranged sister mm-hmm. that she does she wants to disinherit, mm-hmm. um, and the the, the estranged sister could read the will and complain about it, but she would never know what not, what's in the trust that she's not a beneficiary of. You have more privacy in
2: the yeah. trust document. Yes, you sure. do.
0: Good. So Good. Uh, so what are so many other reasons that – well, should we expand on that? Is that not entirely true or – Well,
2: no. How to how would
0: Sonya's sister be able to get out the trust document?
2: Well, that's right. She would have to make another judicial action in there. She, would, she, would not she might not even know the notice. trust exists though. Is that's that right. right. Yeah. And she would not be entitled to notice if she was disinherited from the trust and she was not in Florida what we call a qualified beneficiary. No. So. So that is correct. Whereas in a probate proceeding, so uh, simplify for me, Ken, because my yeah. heads are spinning. But I know that you
0: you got you like to keep these plates on the top of the, <laughs> the, the cane. The um, so if we have a a, a trust, Sonya's sister, who's not a trust beneficiary, mm-hmm. does she have any? How would she know that that trust ever existed? Does she have a legal right to examine Sonia's
2: affairs? Not without an independent action, and we would not, if we were advising the trustee, would not give notice if that person is. So not odds
0: are she'd never even know to complain about the trust because she's not aware of it, right? That's right. There and, are, and, and I can compare that to what could she have access to the
2: will where she's disinherited? She would be able to find out some information on those things uh, right. in a will because it would be part of the public record. One thing to point out is that if a trust, a living trust, is not properly funded, meaning that the assets don't all get titled and we do have to do a small probate to get the assets into the trust, there is a situation where people need to be served notice, which is a situation where other right. people who you not, didn't intend uh, could be required to receive notice. All right, Okay. So
0: let's talk about some some actual, you know, real-world cases, because, you know, living trust, again, the, the thing to take from this, folks, is that for estate planning, trusts are much, much, much uh, um, more effective vehicles, living trusts, than, than wills or, or testamentary trusts. And we find a lot of testamentary trusts. Um, and uh, you wonder why the lawyer set him up that way, um, because it, it, it's really just about as expensive. You have as much drafting detail as you do in a living trust. you have a, an opinion on that, Ken, as to why we see so many testamentary
2: trusts? Well, I, I think there are, you know, some people are more comfortable with wills as opposed to trusts, uh, and that's a client decision sometimes. Um, and there are some instances where it is, from a Practical matter, the probate rules. Rob, I think, you,
0: that's, yeah, I think you probably have a, um, an idea. Why do you think we see so many? We, you see a lot of testamentary trusts, you know, which is just a, um, a standard product.
1: Because it creates a built-in cash flow for the lawyers who drafted them, so they can do the probate when the uh, client has died. Yeah,
0: because I mean, is there some real big downsides? You know, typically, you know, your client does, you know, doesn't really know all this nuance unless it's disclosed to them. Right. That G WIS can be about the same amount of money. Um, and while passing will, you 're going to be subject to probate fees, and there 's you know guardianship risks and and other a lot of other hair on that
2: one One point I will add the probate procedure does provide. A better mechanism for dealing and disregarding creditors after a person's death than the trust code does, and so sometimes when there are creditor concerns, Rob, what does we, can deal, we can we can deal with them more effectively.
1: <laughs> what does that mean, Rob? Well, it sounds like that uh, uh, if there, when you've died, if you have assets in the trust, uh, you, you're not necessary. You haven't protected those assets from the from the creditor, so you know you're going to have probably have a separate legal action to deal with that, or uh, you know, if, if you have your assets going through a probate, all the creditors have to be notified anyway, so you have a more orderly process. But wouldn't I have, you know, if,
0: if, I, if you die, you know, or say, let's say, you know, let's, uh, let's say Fred, you know, Uncle Fred dies, and mm-hmm. Uncle
2: Fred has left me a million dollars, and Fred dies with debts. Don't
0: Fred's creditors have
2: claims against the estate? They have claims against the estate, and to the extent that these estate assets are insufficient to satisfy those debts, the revocable trust comes in to pay those claims. But They're how, but,
0: but how? But if it if it is, say it's a testamentary trust, the mm-hmm. trust created as part of the probated state, right. how does that give more protection against Fred's
2: creditors? Because creditors under the Florida Probate Code are required to be reserved with notice, and there are strict time frames in which they have to file their claims.
0: So it's not as if they wouldn't have
2: a claim against the estate. They just would have to be faster about it. They have to be faster about it, and you can force them into... If the claim is objectable, you can force them to file a lawsuit. Right, so, in, in a to couple of minutes
0: that, that remain here before we get into uh, Cousin uh, Vito and, uh, and his cast of characters, uh, tell me about the, uh, some of the devices that we might use to enhance um, the asset protection planning inside
2: of, a, uh, inside of a trust. Yeah. So, in the trust context, mostly the asset protection, we're talking about beneficiaries. Um, and children and folks who are receiving assets after somebody's death. And this asset protection can be provided to a surviving spouse by means of a decedent leaving the assets into a trust.
0: decedent is the dead person, folks. Thank you. the <laughs> dead person can.
2: It's not so, it's not so much more
4: pleasant, <laughs> But Thank you for clear, clearing that up, Jeff. Have you, and, said, have you seen how lovely the decedent was <laughs> She was one attraction. I just to say to say have that tea She was proud. one very alluring deceit. Was she not? Man, was that it? was
0: one hot deceit, wasn't
4: it? You tell the truth, <laughs> that you're <Right>. being deceived. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be deceiving
0: me. i been seeing you. All right,
2: going back. Can you have uh, one minute left? Go yeah, ahead. Okay. Very good. So, w- when when you leave assets to children, if you leave them outright, those assets are subject to those child's creditor claims divorces things like that if you leave them in trust and there are protective terms that you can provide a child to have the ability to utilize those assets for their benefit or surviving spouse to utilize those trust assets for their benefit but they don't have full access to essentially using the trust as a checking account to be able to draw on it whenever So you want to want.
0: put some restrictions on That's it so it's really right. not the kid's money like we're talking about in that case uh, mm-hmm. um, with the foreign citizen a mm-hmm. uh, week or two ago, that uh, that doctor, mm-hmm. where uh, you, if you give the child complete, you know, the bundle of rights that is the same as ownership, mm-hmm. then you know, then it, uh, um, they'd have to write a check if somebody sues them. The, uh, uh, and again, we won't have really much time to get into this today, mm-hmm. but using the right kind of limited liability company to hold assets that's titled to the trust can be a very, very effective tool for asset protection. Would you carry a pie of a nap for about fifteen seconds?
2: Yes, absolutely. Florida provides a charging order protection, which essentially means that <laughs> NBA if, shot clock. If, if you get if you get sued, Eight they seconds. cannot take the assets out of your limited liability company if there are two owners. So, husband and wife owning an LLC through their revocable living trust provides probate avoidance and a substantial level of assets.
0: Sure. And that, that's something that really is worth concerning. And I got to tell you, as you know, as we wind down the clock and approach uh, the uh, coming of cousin Vito once again. Um, the, you know, we see all the time trusts that are set up and the people think that they're just hunky-dory and the laws change or it's a Michigan trust or a California trust. And this is something that is well, well worth reviewing with somebody that knows what they're doing to make sure it will function in accord with today's laws and, and to execute your wishes. And a lot of times, Rob, you have a quick story about, you know, where that's not the case? Quick. Nope, probably
1: Nine. not. Oh, I, oh, I I
3: did <laughs> Very
0: quick.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I, I've got one right here in my bag, you know, from a – and this is from a fellow that I, I met yesterday for the first time doing a free a portfolio review and stress test. That I'm not sure if he had called in. But his trust, and I'll, I'll give this to you in a moment, um, is uh, like dated from 1993. Um, and it was drawn in uh, in California. And he thinks that everything is just fine. Some of these people are dead. The trustee is now agent not going to be able to, to appear. Um, there's an insurance trust to pay estate taxes. This guy's paying a huge premium for insurance. And there's no more any estate tax. Today. The law has changed. He won't have to worry about estate taxes. So it's a mess. Frequent review with a good attorney or a financial planning uh, shop like ours um is uh, is very prudent and often you can get that done for nothing just uh, you know for because the professionals will do that just to get a shot at the work would you agree Ken?
2: Yeah, and uh, just to follow up on Jeff's point for a little story. We we, we got to, you have 10 seconds, really. Quick. Okay. Review your documents because they might not say what you think they say. And again, like Jeff said, they might not do what you want them to do. Very, right. very politically well said.
4: Well
0: said. So, Ken, folks, if you'd like more information on this, we'd be happy to give you a point in the right direction. Give us a call, 800 262 That's 800 262 103 Stay with Kamara Wealth. We have the best part of the show coming up. Hey, where's Uncle Vito? I don't know. Here he comes. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. This show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions, or to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matter, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down, folks. 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Charlie Alpha Mike Alpha Romeo Delta Alpha. Eight 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 Kamara. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies.
4: Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm here to uh, to go through the market update. And uh, today we don't have any too many guest panelists, but they do have uh, we do have Vito and we do have Tony here. Uh, to take some of your questions on. So it's kind of an in-house situation. So why don't we get started with our uh, want-to-be-verbose-but-didn't-have-a-chance-Kent, uh, our <laughs> counselor on <laughs> on the market, Kent. What is your curiosity
2: for uh, Vito as I hand it over to the Godfather? <laughs> well, Vito, what does the macro picture look like for the Bullish Summer? Well, I
3: appreciate that, Kent. It's going to have you with us today. It's a pleasure. Hallelujah. Go to the motherland soon, so so uh, i can 't fly anymore, but so i 'm somewhat envious, but you, know, as we look across the, uh, the broad spectrum here, you know, the Dow Jones has continued to kind of limber on, but it hasn 't had as much help from the transports, uh, essentially as there 's been a divergence in the movement of the markets here where industrials and transports have kind of been two trains moving in different directions as we look at first quarter, you know the GDP number was somewhat disappointing at a negative point seven adjusted down from a positive point two. Well, he puts the Jonathan and the Feds. <laughs> that's not an old band, folks, that's Jonathan and the Fed, pardon me, the Floridian Slip, but Jonathan and the Fed in a tough spawners. they're anxious to pull the trigger, obviously, on a rate rise uh, this year, but we'll see, uh, we did have some positive job news, so we'll see what transpires there. As we move along, Kent, because I know you're uh, ultimately curious about this, when you look at the U.S. dollar right now, it's, uh, you know, everyone thought it was going to take the summer off and uh, perhaps hit Tahiti, but it's... It's back on a tour torrid run, like a Hollywood summer blockbuster movie with no plot. Anyway, here we go, Japanese yen, falling like a knife right now. And this is having a ripple effect, essentially spilling into markets elsewhere. And we'll kind of get into that because it has some other ramifications, but I know that Rob's itching, literally itching to ask a question. Did you bring somebody else with you today? Well, Absolutely, we'll, I did. I mean, I'm actually going to go horse here in a second. Okay, well, so, well, let me ask you a So question. why don't you just draw the question out, and then we'll figure out who's going to answer okay, it? Okay, well,
1: it looks like the dollar is off the mat. Uh, what implications does this have for media trends?
4: Absolutely, Rob. So let's get into that, shall we? Because the fact of the matter is on this is that right now with a falling yen, falling euro versus a very strong dollar, what you're going to have is ramifications across the global markets. I mean, you're looking at these emerging markets that essentially make money on the export of commodities. And with a, falling, with a rising dollar, this obviously creates a divergence where you can have a lot of markets that are suffering. You know, think of your BRIC countries like your Brazils, your Russias, your Canadas, you know, more, again, energy and commodity exporting countries. Now, countries that are going to do really well in the face of this, as we've already seen it, is Europe. And Japan, because, again, their weak currencies allow their import-export ratio to be somewhat attractive. If you look at Japan right now, for example, we've been taking advantage of, again, a fallen yen with a currency-hedge DTF to essentially take advantage of the Japanese market and taking out the uh, the ugly yen movement. Now, as we move along, Rob, because that was a great question. Hey, yeah, get out. What do you mean, taking out, though? We're going to look at the, uh, you know, we're going to look at essentially... Um, uh, you kind of threw me off there. But essentially what we're going to look at is some of the harder sectors internally that are doing well right now. When I say internally, I mean in the country, Rob, here in the U.S. <laughs> of A. So we're looking at, again, technologies, biotechs. You look at the recent merger between Avago and Broadcom. You know, you look at, again, all these niches. So even though Jeff is correct that the large caps are somewhat overvalued here in the country, there are niches that are on fire. And again, if you have a good advisor, perhaps you can take a scalpel and try to look into these situations that may be beneficial or lucrative to you. Now, Sonia, I know you're ready to go. But uh, you look like also you're raising your hand. Don't go, oh, oh. What, what, what's your question?
3: Um, I need some good news. Give me some good news about what's happening in the market.
4: Uh, absolutely, Sonia. So we're going to uh, take the Italian sideshow off here and kind of go into the, uh, to the stretch here. So as we look again, as I mentioned, healthcare technologies, financials. Uh, the Russell 2000 has had a little bit of a setback, and that would be small caps. But it looks like we could have a little bit of a resurgence there. As we move into the summer, again, with rates going up, Again, and we'll talk about this more next time, it's going to be, again, harmful for certain niches like utilities and bonds, but there's certain areas of the stock market that can do well in a rising or a projected rising rate environment. So we're going to leave you on that cliffhanger, and that's all I got on that. Any other questions from anybody else?
3: Nope, I think we're all done for the day. We'd like to tell Kent thank you for joining us. We appreciated him being in Booth with us today. Um, Jeff had to run out quickly, so no farewells from him. But um, thanks for joining us and call for
1: the nine, nine
4: dangers. La Vista. You've invested
0: yet another hour in Kamara's Wealth Education Radio, your one source for sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the kamarda Wealth Leader's warm offer of a complimentary review of your investment's portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet. An offer that makes old Ben smile even now. To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week,
1: folks. Go forth and profits. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not reflect the opinions of the advertisers or broadcaster. Performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the of transaction fees, or custodial charges, or an investment manager's fees, the presence of which could reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Back testing involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Performance results presented do not represent actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Back tested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material market or economic conditions or factors that may influence the advisor's decision making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Back tested results should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client of the advisor. Barron's rankings are survey-based and not made as a result of primary research by Barron's, but from information provided by ranked advisors. It should not be assumed that all advisor-based data is checked by Barron's.